Hello, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're with us. I'm sorry I'm late getting this out, but you know, it's the story of this podcast. But uh, I'm here and uh, just want to share a few things that have uh, been going on. Uh, this last weekend, I was down at annual conference where this is it's this gathering of other um, evangelical friends churches. There's about 40 of us in the Southwest and there's evangelical friends churches all over the United States and the world. Um, but, but we're kind of broken up into regions. And so all of the Southwest churches, they gather, um, in January, uh, every year. And it was just a wonderful time, uh, being together with other uh, faithful leaders and pastors and, uh, hearing their hearts. And, uh, we, we have to take care of some business stuff that, you know, talking about how, uh, what does it look like for us to be together as churches? But, uh, you know, what I really most value is, uh, getting to hear the stories of what's going on with other churches and other ministries and, uh, I've, I always find it encouraging, but getting down to Southern California was actually a little bit, uh, bigger of a chore, uh, this time around. You know, I live up near Chico, which is, uh, the Northern, Northern part of California. You know, California is a long state. And so it's usually about a 10 hour drive to get from where I live down to Southern California. And so, uh, usually, usually it's quicker to fly, but I still have to drive about two hours to the nearest airport. So I drove down to the Sacramento airport, got on a plane, and made it to Ontario, except the plane didn't land in Ontario. It just went uh, to Vegas because it was too windy, and so we had to get off the plane, uh, wait, hang out in uh, the the Vegas airport, did some church fundraising. Uh, no, not really. But then we got on another plane, got to Southern California, we made it to the conference right at 2.30, right when it began. So a day that started at three in the morning ended up being like over, over ten hours of travel. So, um, but it was worth it to get there. I'm glad I I got to be there. And you know, when I was there, I actually it actually turns out that people listened to this podcast, which was really encouraging. Uh, so shout out to you, Tom Henshaw, who uh, who found us. He said he was just searching for friends Quaker podcasts, and uh, this one came up. So that's encouraging. That's exciting. And so just kind of a little background why. I record a podcast. Uh, uh, I try to do it weekly. Uh, well, there's a few reasons. So the the first reason is some people in my congregation have said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, you give us so much. I wish I could go back and listen." And so this is for those people who want to go back and um, and glean more from from the sermon. And then there are uh, those who are unable to be with us in our congregation. Uh, and so this is for them, and it's turned out to be actually a great tool when people ask about, well, what's your church like, and uh, you know, what sort of stuff do they talk about, and they can point people to the podcast, which is always encouraging, and uh, and and to be honest, there's kind of a selfish motive why I do this is because I I want to get better uh, as a preacher, uh, as a communicator, and so I I podcast it every week because I think it's a different medium than than a sermon. I think I communicate a little bit differently. Uh, and it turns out, um, now don't tell uh, those of you in my congregation who listen, turns out the podcast is a little shorter than the sermon. So if you find yourself bored of the sermon, you're like, oh, I'll just listen to the podcast. Don't do that. Um, and I don't know why that is. I, I tend to give the exact same, uh, you know, <laughs> I talk about the same things, you know, I'm going off the same notes. But for whatever reason in the podcast format, 
it's just a little bit shorter. So maybe you're blessed by that, or uh, maybe you wish I'd keep going. I don't know. Um, so we're continuing in Joshua. Uh, last uh, week we looked at Joshua chapter 1 as a whole, and I, I just kind of want to pare it down to a few verses that I want to focus on today. Um, so I'm going to be reading from Joshua uh, 1, uh, starting in verse 16. And so what Joshua does is he goes to these tribes, uh, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, um, and they, they are these tribes that have actually already inherited uh, the land that they were promised, and it's east of the Jordan. And so they've began planting gardens, they've began uh, uh, organizing civic structures, they, uh, they've began joining bowling leagues and, and all the things that you do when you move to a new community. And so they're beginning to get settled, and Joshua comes to them and says, all right, but you're not done. What you need to do is you need to go with your fellow Israelites and help them in battles so that they can experience the same rest that you are experiencing now. And I love their response, and I think we can learn a lot from their response. And it's in verse 16. They said, they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. That was our theme last week. This idea of being strong and courageous. When God, when he's present with us, he eliminates our fears that God uh, we can be strong and courageous because God is with us. And so there's this there's this call to these people in these verses that have already settled. And their response is, yes, wherever you go, Joshua, whatever you decide to do, we will follow you. And and it's because I think they realize that that they are stronger stronger together, but I think what they realize is what actually holds them together is God himself. And so their their prerequisite for Joshua was that as long as you are obeying the Lord, we will go wherever you ask us to. As long as you are following the Lord, Joshua, we will do whatever you ask. And it, it reminds me of this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it says, just as the body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is made up of one part, but of many. And I think I think these tribes understand this principle is that there are many parts to their their tribes. There are part they have received their land, there are others that haven't, but they understand what actually holds them together is God himself. It, it's, it's, it's not that they're all from the same region. It's not that they all have the same experiences. But in fact, it's God that holds them together. And so their prerequisite for Joshua, to listen to Joshua, is that he's actually following the Lord. Because they would rather follow the Lord than live in their land and not follow the Lord. You see, 
I think sometimes I think we can learn a lot from this because I think we oftentimes look for other things to actually hold us together. We 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 look for other things to hold us together. I'm reminded of that scene um, when Moses he he's pleading with God to um, to go with them because God says, you know what, you guys have sinned. I'm gonna just let you guys go. You guys can go uh, into the land. I'm gonna stay back. And Moses is pleading and he says, God, how are how how are people going to know that you are our God if you are not with us? And in fact, we see that that Moses actually changes God's mind. And, and God does, in fact, go with the people. But, but what was central was that, that God was with them. And I think oftentimes the struggles that we face um, uh, as Christians, as, as churches oftentimes is sometimes we can get off track with what actually holds us together. You know, for Israel, they understood that they are only a people. They are only gathered together. They, the only thing that holds them together is God himself. And I think sometimes we, we can tend to believe that there are other factors that actually hold us together as the church. And, and that kind of becomes idolatry uh, in a way. Uh, one of the ways that um, I've experienced that here in uh, my own church is, uh, and and this is and this has come from just kind of a few years of kind of studying the culture here and what's been going on. But but the church uh, I pastor here in Capay uh, is is in a farming community. We are about twenty miles northwest of Chico, and uh, and our primary crop here in Capay is. Is, is almonds, but we say almonds. I don't know why, they just do. Um, and so, so they grow a lot of almonds, and there was actually a day, uh, a time here in our community when almost everybody in our church was a farmer. Everybody lived on a larger plot of land, and they actually lived off the land. They depended on what they grew, what they produced to sustain them. But what something has happened and shifted in the last 20 years is where there are less people who actually work the land that they live on. People still live on land, but they actually lease it out now to other people who work the land. Um, and, and in our community, there are some large ammon operations uh, where they own hundreds and hundreds of acres of ammons, uh, and it's because they're, they're actually leasing land from people. And so, so what used to be a lot of small, um, actually back in the day here was dairies. Now it's just large ammon operations. And there are still families who, who run their own operation, um, but it's becoming less and less and less. And, and so one of the shifts that has taken place in our church is there was this idea, this belief, actually what holds us together is the fact that we're all farmers, that we're all from the same place, that we all do similar jobs, we all have, um, we all have this in common. And what has happened over the last twenty years or so is that those things where it was once true that was in common no longer are true. Not everybody in our community is farmers. A lot of people still live on the land. But they actually lease it out, and so they're they're teachers. They work in Chico. Um, I, I I have young kids, and uh, as I've gotten to know uh, 
my my kids' friends and their parents, you know, um, there's not that many of them who are actually farming and working the land. And, and so this has been a shift that has happened in our church and in our culture, and it causes us to reflect what is it that actually holds us together? Is it the fact that we do the same jobs, or is it actually Christ himself? Because one thing is sure that those those cultural shifts are going to change. They're going to move. And and um and I would be wary of any time that we begin to root ourselves in the fact that we all have the same jobs, we we all live in the same place as the thing that holds us together, because that's not true. Uh you know, as I was at annual conference and we were in discussions and uh, you know and we have all these different churches and I realized my own kind of prejudice um, in that is I always look at these churches as kind of what their ministry is at the time. You know, we have churches um, who, who are Spanish speaking. They reach out to Spanish speaking uh, people who speak Spanish. And we have churches who are, uh, who work in the inner city and we have churches who are in uh, middle-class neighborhoods. And, and sometimes in my mind, what I realize I do is I identify those churches by the kind of ministry that they do. But there's one thing that is sure is that, that things are always shifting and changing and that that is actually not what holds us together where we're from, the ministries that we do, but actually what holds us together is Christ himself. If you look kind of what's going on in our culture and here in the States, we just went through this large, uh, this large, uh, political shift in our, in our country. And, and so there's a lot of people who are feeling upset and that the country has taken, is going the wrong direction. There's the other half that feel like uh, it's changed in the right direction. And, and it's a very, if you, if you go on social media, it's a very hostile place to be. And, one thing is for sure is that these shifts are always going to happen. In fact, when you look throughout human history, there's always these political shifts. There's these rise and falls of empire. Their um, countries change and shift politically, uh, you know, especially in, in our democratic process. There are these shifts and changes. And I think what when I look at the thousand foot view and I see what's going on, as I see a lot of people are very uneasy, are very upset because their hope has been in this certain way about how things are run, how things are supposed to be. And we can always be sure that those things are going to shift and change. And so the people who are most affected by that are the people who have their hope rooted in those things rather than Christ. Because I think maybe when, when we're rooted in Christ, when, when that's what holds us together and who we're called to be as the people of God, that it's Christ that transforms us, that he renews us, is we can say things like these tribes in Joshua who've already, who have peace, who have their land, but they realize they would forfeit that peace that they're experiencing because God is leading them somewhere else. They would rather be with God than the land under their feet. 
And I think that's that's God's call for, for us. Would we rather be rooted in the land under our feet or where God is moving, right? I think of that... Um, that parable that Jesus tells where there's there's a man who builds his house on the rock and the man who builds his house on the sand. And, you, you know, our church and, and the climate of our church, based on what people do, that's sand, right? Right, jobs and industry, that's all sand. Uh, those are all things that are always in flux and always moving. And if that's where our hope is rooted, man, we're going to be washed away. But when our hope is in Christ, we know we're firmly rooted and we know things are going to shift and change and we can be strong and courageous in those shifts and changes because we know that Christ is present with us. I love their response in verse 16 when they say, "Um, wherever you have commanded us, we will do and wherever you send us, we will go. Man. That hits me because it causes me to wonder, Lord, would I, would I forfeit the peace that I'm experiencing now and leave and go and do something else because you commanded it? It makes us reflect and think about where our peace actually comes from. And, and one of the things I'm always encouraged is when I read Paul. And I love, and this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, um, verse 19. And I love, I love, as you listen, listen to Paul's flexibility because of where he's rooted, right? Like things can move and shift and he can be with different people, but it's because of where he's rooted. So just listen to that with this in mind. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win, sorry, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law, to the weak I became weak to to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might have some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Do you notice the freedom that Paul has? He's not bound by cultural norms. He's not bound by things that often hold people back, but he considers himself free because Christ came for all. My hope and my prayer for you is that as we experience cultural shifts and cultural changes and we look for peace, may we find our peace and our hope in following after God. It's better to follow after God. It's better to leave the peace we are experiencing if God is lead us, leading us into chaos. Which is tough for us to imagine. It's tough for me to imagine at times. But maybe the place where God is leading you right now, the place where God is, is leading us, is maybe not the peace that we think. Because it's actually the peace that we're, we're trying to look for, or the peace that we're seeking actually has nothing to do with God. So may you find yourself ready to leave the land where you are. May you be ready because you will follow after God wherever he goes. Would you go?
go in grace and peace and seek after him above all things.